Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10. That's V-I-A-T-O-R-10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why they love Viator. They have over 300,000 bookable experiences and something for everyone. Plus, their travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. You're about to receive a life-giving message from Bishop Kevin Foreman, pastor of Harvest Church, one church in global locations. To find out more about Bishop Foreman and Harvest Church, visit our website at www.harvestchurch.church. And remember to love God, love people, and love life. Taking sides, we're taking over. Yeah, love God, love people, love life. We're not taking sides, we're taking over. Huh? I come to God as I am, but through today's life giving message, I won't stay as I am. This is my banner year, which is my best year yet. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay standing with me for just a moment. I want you to look here at, uh, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3. We were here on Sunday. We started our new series on Sunday. This is my, this is my, and uh, I want to start into this tonight. I want to go deeper tonight, and I want to show you something else. We got a lot of ground to cover, a little time to get there. 2 Corinthians 3, 2. You are our epistle. Say letter. You are our letter written in our hearts, known and read by all men. Close your eyes real quick. Your life is a letter to somebody you've never met. Your living is an example to somebody you will never speak to. Are you living in such a way that it's worth reading? That it's worth reviewing? That it's worth going over? And, and here's the answer. Somebody say, I am. Say, in Jesus' name, I am a letter. I am a story that is being read. read by people I may never meet. I will make my story matter. I was born on purpose, for purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you just give God a praise about the fact that you were born on purpose, for purpose? I want you to say this with, say this with me. Tonight's message, as we go deeper than we went on Sunday, say Simon says. Simon says. Y'all remember Simon Says? Jump. See? Simon didn't say. (laughs) 
But that's good, though. Y'all in sync with your pastor. You're like, Simon didn't say it, but Bishop said it. So let's just, yeah. Somebody say, Simon says. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Sunday, we started a new life-giving message series called This Is My Story because we all have a story. And this series asked the question, what's yours? Somebody say, what's your story? Now, we'd all answer that question uh, different ways. Some of us from places of triumph, some of us from places of trouble, uh, some of us from mountains we've conquered, and others from valleys we're still walking through. I think there's a few people in here you say, Bishop, while I've had some great things I've conquered, there's still some valley areas of my life I'm walking through. Well, rest assured, you're in good company because watch this. A valley is only created because of two mountains, which means you may have come from victory, but you're headed to victory. Don't you get stuck in the valley. That's why the scripture says, yea, though I walk through the valley. You weren't meant to live there. You were meant to travel through there. Now, the purpose of the question is to cause uh, us to evolve how we view our past failures, mistakes, dumb decisions, losses, and even regrets. When you live with regret, you often repeat. Say it again. When you live with regret, you often repeat. So we have to evolve how we look at things in our past because if we live with regret, we're going to repeat those same things. Let me prove it to you. There are certain things you've done in your life over and over and over again. And the reason you didn't realize you were doing it over again is because it came packaged differently, but it was the same thing behind the package. It was the same type of situation, just in a different building. It was the same type of relationship, just in a different portion. It was the same type of issue, just in a different packaging. And so if we don't evolve how we view our stories, we're going to repeat them. And I think you're the type of person here on a Wednesday night that says there's certain areas I do not want to repeat in my life anymore. Now. Uh, 2 Corinthians 3.2, you are our epistle, our letter, that means, written in our hearts, that our minds, known and read by all men. And that means all of your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, are a letter to someone else as an example of what to do and more often than not, what not to do. Most of our life taught us what not to do. Most of our life taught us what kind of people not to be around. Most of our life taught us where not to spend money. Y'all not saying that. Uh, and somebody said, that's a good thing. Now, that's a great majority of the Bible Wednesday because God is teaching us lessons through the stories of the lives of other people uh, about what happens when we follow his word and what happens when we don't. And sometimes in the Bible, they were learning the lesson as they lived it, but we can learn the lesson by reading the story. Never let anybody tell you that experience is the best teacher. That's a lie. Somebody else's experience is the best teacher. All I have to do is read how to not be stupid and I won't be stupid. All I have to do is read how Samson went down like a punk and I won't be Samson. Y'all not saying nothing. All I have to do is look at somebody else's story in the Bible and decide I'm going to learn from them because I don't want that to be my life. Got it? Have you ever looked over the Bible and looked at somebody's mistakes and been like, how could they do that? Well, the reason we're supposed to look at their lives is because we're supposed to extract a lesson. Now, uh, we learned on Sunday about two Simons. Say two Simons. Now, uh, the first was Simon Bar-Jonah, which is Simon, the son of Jonah. He was one of Jesus' 12 ruling apostles who Jesus later surnamed Peter, and Peter means rock. Somebody say he was like a rock. The other Simon was Judas Iscariot. He was also one of Jesus' 12 ruling apostles. He was actually Jesus' chief financial officer, according to John chapter 12, who had been stealing from Jesus the entire duration of his three-and-a-half ministry. Let me pause for the cause. Sometimes we get shocked and surprised when people do certain things, when really, if you look over their entire tenure with you, you'll discover it ain't never been what it's never been. 
Sometimes we get shocked over certain people and how they act and how they treat you and what they do. And the reality is it's always been that way. Sometimes you just weren't paying attention to what was right in front of you. I wish you'd look over at your neighbor and say, open those eyes. Now, uh, Judas was stealing from the three and a half years that he was with Jesus, uh, whose bad choice snowballed into the betrayal of Jesus that ultimately causes Judas to end his life through self-destruction. But we see that Judas is the son of Simon Iscariot. Simon means snub-nosed in Hebrew, meaning that both Simon Peter and Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, they are both prideful. They are both arrogant. Snub nose means that they're looking down at everybody and not seeing their own logs because they're so busy checking everybody else's specs. It is easy for many Christians, watch this, to judge other people's stuff because it makes you feel better about your stuff because I don't have to look at my log if I'm busy looking at your specs. But if you're going to be an evolutionary and that's who you are, the kind of Christian that goes from the inferior to the superior, you're going to have to learn to check yourself before you wreck yourself. Here's all that means. You better handle all of your forest full of trees and logs and two-by-fours before you're trying to go over and look at somebody else's speck. Look at your neighbor and say, handle yourself first. Yeah, before you try to let somebody else give them the business, you need to give yourself the business. And this was the problem with both Judas and Peter. They couldn't be checked, so they had to be wrecked. You will only grow to the extent you can be corrected. The moment you see yourself above correction is the moment you set yourself up for imminent destruction. So there were three points we learned on Sunday about these two Simons. How many Simons? Two Simons. I asked the question, which one are you? Three things we learned about them. We share similar stories for God's glory. We all share a similar story, and ultimately it's for God's glory. But how our story evolves is determined by how we handle our scandals. And we saw the scandal develop in their story because of they had a snub nose. They had a turned up nose. The source of their scandal was that they were so perceptive about everyone except themselves. They were so aware of what everybody else needed to change except themselves. And I know this isn't a popular message because in most churches today, we want to hear about, oh, your haters this, your haters that. Just because somebody identifies your log doesn't make them a hater. Y'all not saying nothing. Just because somebody identifies your error doesn't always make them a hater. But that's what we're going to talk about today because everything that comes against us we see as a hater, not realizing that the reality is the scripture says that those that God loves, he corrects, which means when he no longer corrects, he's no longer going to protect, which means he in fact has rejected. But what I love about him is that he keeps on correcting me. And since he keeps on correcting me, that is proof that he's not rejected me. Would you say correction is protection? So, 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 so we share similar stories for God's glory. The second point was uh, that we had to handle our scandal. Their story begins to turn into a scandal because they were so perceptive about everybody else. Judas was looking at what that woman was doing with that, uh, 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 with the uh, 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 perfume when she put it over Jesus' feet. He was so aware of what she was doing that he didn't pay attention to the fact he's a thief. How are you a thief? And you're not paying attention. You're worried about what she doing with the with the with the alabaster box and you steal. So he getting an attitude with her and, and I know Jesus is like, God, dog, y'all something else. 
When I look at how Jesus people acted with him, it really brings me, it gives me great comfort. Because sometimes, I, you know, I just say, Lord Jesus Christ, Lord God Almighty. And then I look at how they acted with him. And I'm like, if they acted that way with God, I'm cool. I'm good. Let me go eat. Now I feel better afterwards. <laughs> uh, because, because here's the reality. The reality is, is that their scandal develops into something where Simon Peter handles his scandal well. But Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon Iscariot, he doesn't handle his will. In fact, the reality is both Simons go through times of testing that would be a scandal they'd have to handle. Judas handled his wrong, and Simon Peter handled his right. Now, we looked at Luke 22 and 2, and I want to go into it in too much depth tonight because I want to get to this next, this next uh, introduction of the principle. But it says, and the chief priests and scribes sought how they might kill him. This is Judas' scandal. Say, this is scandal number one. This is opening season, Thursday night. Watch this. The chief priests and the scribes sought how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. There's so much in those couple of verses I could drop on you. Can I just drop it on you real fast? Go back to verse 2. Let's just, do, let's just drop it like it's real hot and fast. Okay, watch this. And the chief priests and scribes saw how they might kill him, for they feared the people. Their issue was that when they feared him, they had to kill him, and to kill him, they had to murder his influence. The problem was people started believing that he was actually Jesus, the Messiah, Moshiach in Hebrew. They believed that he was who he said that he was because they saw his fruit and they saw his work. So the only way they could now uh, do something to him was to say he ain't really who he says he is. So when people fear you, what they will try to do is sometimes use false information about you in order to murder the influence you have with other people. This is a reality I've had to deal with as a pastor. I used to care. I don't anymore. Uh, but the reality is it just comes with the territory. If they did it to Jesus, they're going to do it to you. In fact, if nobody's trying to assassinate your character, you must not be very good. You must not be gifted. But I think there's some people in here that tonight that can say, you know what, Bishop? I got some folk that have lied on me, talked about me. Who am I talking to? Mr. Well, that's all that is is evidence that you're in good company with Jesus. Next verse, verse 3. It says, then Satan entered Judas. See, once they feared him, now there was an opening. Then Satan entered Judas. See, they feared being around his greatness because it exposed their weakness. They feared being around somebody excellent because it exposed the fact that they were average. They feared being around somebody strong because it revealed the fact that they were weak. Some people's issue with you is that when you're around, it shows them everything they're not. And rather than coming up, they want to pull. I feel like preaching now. They want to pull you down. And you're going to have to learn to tell some people, I'm not coming down there. You're going to have to come up or you're going to have to get out. But you're not going to water me down. It's too many of you that keep trying to water yourselves down to be around average, mediocre, whack people. And what you need to do is learn how to be by yourself sometime rather than having a crowd full of folk that pulled you down. If they're not lifting you up, they're pulling you down. Slap your neighbor, high five, say stop being pulled down. Yeah, I feel help coming right through here. Verse number three. Put it up, verse 3. Then Satan entered Judas, surnamed Iscariot, who was numbered among the twelve. So check this out. Judas is in Jesus' inner, inner circle. He's in Jesus' inner circle. He's around Jesus for three and a half years. But there was an opening. And do you know why? Judas means, Judas, the name Judas in Hebrew, Judas means a peephole in a door. Judas was the weak link. If Jesus knew who his was, do you know who yours is? 
if God had a weak link in his squad, you have one in yours. And while you're so perceptive of this, that, and the other, you need to be saying, who's the peephole in the door around me? What's a peephole for? To see what's on the other side. I wish y'all hear what I'm saying. So the only way I feel like preaching, the only way the people on the outside were able to see what was going on with Jesus on the inside is they needed somebody to be a peephole in the door. They needed somebody that was around Jesus that they could poison so they could try to stop Jesus. But what they didn't understand is Jesus was like MC Hammer. He was too legit to quit. It didn't matter how you tried to stop him, how you tried to block him. He said, Judas, do what you got to do and do it quickly. Verse 4, so he went his way. Judas does what he always did. He went his way. How do I know he always did that? His name tells me that. Iscariot in Greek, language of our New Testament, it means traitor. You know what a traitor is? A traitor says, I'm with you when it's no longer convenient. I'm not doing it anymore. That's what a traitor is. Anybody deal with some traitors? Here's what a trader does. They show up with their team shirt for you. But you better not lose a game because they'll pick that shirt up and put on another jersey. So let me just go on and make this announcement. And some of y'all need to do this to some people tonight. You need to send a group text out to some folk. You need to get on the phone with some folk and say, listen, if you can't ride with me through my valley, you ain't coming with me up on my mountaintop. So if you can't be loyal to me now, get to stepping. Because... Judas went his way. That's what traitors do. They always go their way. They always, watch this, they have their truth. You'll say, look at that black table. Well, that's your opinion. Fool, this is black. Well, it's really a dark charcoal. And that's really why you're B-R-O-K-E. Because you keep doing it your way. That's why you're M-A-D, because you keep doing it your way. Y'all not saying nothing. Well, watch this. He went his way. Watch this. And he conferred. He had a conversation with Jesus' enemies. I can identify my enemies because they are friends with my enemies. I, me personally, because I read the Bible. Anybody else read the Bible? So, 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 so Jesus is like, so Judas, you supposed to be with me and you out there talking to them, duly noted. And you just let them work for free after that point. Because <laughs> you better believe once Jesus went, Peter was like, we're going to need that money back. <laughs> now Judas gone and we're going to need all of them. And you better believe Judas' credentials got revoked. So he went his way and conferred with the chief priests and captains how he might betray him to them. Here's the principle. That word entered, it means like entering food. A thought enters your mind by virtue of a conversation. So when Judas has a conversation with them, that is the doorway that Satan entered. Attacks against you begin with a conversation. Attacks against you. You're thinking, oh, the devil was trying to push me down in my sleep. Oh, the devil came while I was having a dream and just, I didn't see nothing but red. 
or you were looking at CNN when you went to sleep and you saw the red logo. Stop. It ain't that deep. Somebody say it ain't that deep. Uh, uh, now, uh, say, I love the word entered because it says like eating food. And food is fuel, and food fuels what's present. So we learned in Sunday that Judas had a fear of rejection from Jesus because he'd been stealing from Jesus, and he knew one day Jesus was going to figure out who he really was. So he has a fear of rejection. So now when he has this conversation, this conversation gives him fuel. Here's what happened. I want to get this point to you, and we got to move. Judas became strong in his wrong because he fueled his folly with conversations he had with others that supported his error. I'm going to say it again. Judas became strong in his wrong because he fueled his folly with the conversations he had with others that supported his error. So what ends up happening is Judas is like, no, actually, this is the right thing to do. No, this is right. I should betray Jesus. Shouldn't I? We think you should. I should. I, I shouldn't be faithful to church, right? You shouldn't. That's right. You shouldn't be a faithful giver, should you? You could do something else with that money. Well, I, I could. So he gets strong in his wrong. So now he, his nose goes even higher. And the problem is once your nose goes so high, just check the imagery. Look at me. Just look at me. Once your nose goes so high, you can't see. You can't see where you're going. Are you hearing me, church? This is what happens to many people. They get strong in their wrong. And you know it's wrong because you're concealing it. They get strong in the wrong. When they get strong in the wrong, their nose gets so snub-nosed. It's all turned up. So now all you're doing is looking into the clouds. And to you, there's no problems because there are no problems up there. <laughs> Everything you're dealing with is down here. And the moment you get slapped back to reality, you're like, what did I do? What have I done? So that's Judas, that's Judas scandal. Peter's scandal is in Luke 22. Uh, I'm going to summarize it real quickly. Basically what happens is that uh, Jesus tells Simon Peter, he's like, listen, man, Satan asked for you. We had a meeting the other day. And uh, he wants you. And he wants to take you out. And uh, I'm going to let him. I prayed, though. I did pray. I did pray for you. I did pray for you. Luke 22, 31, 32. I did pray for you. And what I prayed for you is that uh, your faith wouldn't fail. I hope you remember everything I taught you these last three and a half years. I really do. I hope you remember it because I'm not. Watch this. I won't be present to repeat it. Because I won't be present to repeat it, I, I hope you remember it. Oh, God, I hope you do. So I pray that your faith doesn't fail you. Faith, pistis in Greek, truth. I pray that the truth I've taught you, you'd remember. Because I'm not repeating it when you're in the test. Why? Teachers can't talk during tests. That means you cheated. You cheat on the test, you fail the test. But this test, you shall pass. I'm going slow because we're about, we about, we about to go to fifth gear here real quick. So Jesus says, I prayed for you. And he says, 
Now, listen, let me also tell you this too, Peter. You're going to go crazy for a day. He said, uh, you're going to go crazy. He says, and when you return to me, watch this. He says, you're going to get so crazy, you're going to leave me. He, he said, you're going to get so crazy, Peter, you're going to walk away from me. And he was like, don't walk away. <laughs> I couldn't remember the word, so I got lost. He said, but look, you're going to come back because you ain't that stupid. You might go crazy, but you ain't stupid. <laughs> Watch this. Where the honest people at? I maybe had some crazy days, but I ain't stupid. Okay. You, I, ain't, I ain't got no real folk here on Wednesday Night Live. I may have a wild moment, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> he says, when you get back, help these guys. Because they're going to need it. Because they're going to be in all kinds of disarray. And Peter, I told you you're the rock, so be the rock. So then, watch this. Simon Peter handles his scandal well. And we learn this because he owned his oops. That was the third point. In Luke 22, Peter went out and wept bitterly. That phrase means he repented. Nowhere do we read in the Bible that Judas did that. Judas got so snub-nosed. Everything he did after his scandal was only to support why he did it. I did it because of this, and because of this, and because of this, and because of this, and because of this. Have, have we ever been there? Where the honest people are? Like, mm -mm -mm. The reason I did this is because of this, and I did it because of this, and I did it because of this, and I did it because of this, and those are my reasons. Well, do you apologize? Well, those are my reasons. And had you not done this, I wouldn't have done that. Peter was like, uh-uh. This whole thing, Jesus, I am so, so sorry. This is my fault. You didn't do nothing other than do what you told me you were going to do, which is pray for me. And then the next day, I went and did the same thing you told me I was going to do. My fault. I should have known because you told me it was about to happen. I should have known because you told me this was going to happen. But I was so snub-nosed, I wouldn't listen to you when you told me it was going to happen. So here's the principle. Uh, the reality is, I ask you this question, which Simon are you? You had to handle your scandal. And the third point, you had to do what? Own your oops. Peter owned his oops. Got it? So much so, Luke twenty-two sixty-two. Notice what the, Luke no longer calls him. Luke no longer calls him Simon Peter. What does he call him? Peter. Because what happened when he was sifted through his scandal? Simon fell off. The snub nose fell off. The arrogance fell off. The uncoachability fell off. Watch this. The low mentality fell off. The slave mentality fell off. The low self-esteem fell off. Thinking God doesn't want you because of your past fell off. Thinking God can't use you because you made some mistakes, that fell off. Thinking that you're never going to achieve or accomplish anything. Somebody say, that's falling off. So, here's the deal, though. Here's the deal, though. Here's the deal. Can I borrow five minutes? Jesus had given Simon Peter another opportunity to learn this lesson before it became so severe. So, here's the principle. I want to give you tonight. Say, Simon says, Simon says this, learn when you're low so when you grow, you don't have to take a big blow. 
Say it again. Learn when you're low so when you grow, you don't have to take a big blow. Jesus gave Simon tons of times to get this lesson, Simon Peter. But he just didn't get it. And because he didn't get it, here's what Simon says. Simon says, listen to the lesson so you don't have to repeat it. In fact, do you not know that those, uh, uh, their name in Hebrew, it means snub nose. In Greek, you want to know what it means? Listen. Got it? So what is God saying to us through Simon? What? Listen. So Simon says, listen. So Luke 5, he, Jesus gives him this opportunity. I want to hit this real fast. In Luke chapter 5, it says, so when the multitude pressed him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret. Um, say he stood by the lake. Now, Genesaret, here's what it means, an area with very rich soil. soil. The reality is, though, it also means a valley. It means a valley where there is rich soil. Check it out. So watch this. That's like life. Treasure is hidden in trash. Messages are hidden in mess. Testimonies are hidden tests. Opportunities hidden in opposition. Simon says this. Hey, what does he say, Bishop? Disappointment is only a hiding place. You have to learn how to be a detective searching for something good. Because what's supposed to be a garden of riches looks like a valley of disappointment for Simon Peter. But the disappointment was designed to deal with his stub nose. Verse 2, and they saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them, and they were washing their necks. The way Luke, Luke tells the story, it almost seems accidental that Jesus sees the boats. Uh, Simon says, somebody say Simon says. Simon says what seems accidental to you is providential to God. It seems like it happened on accident to you. In fact, there's some things in your life that have even happened over the last few months. And you're saying, God, this happened on accident. God, I don't know, the coincidence. There are no coincidences in God. The word doesn't exist in Hebrew, which means they do not exist. What seems accidental to you is providential to God. Now, the Bible says that the boats were empty and they were washing their nets. Imagine the disappointment because they had decided that it just wasn't going to work out for them. So much so they were cleaning up. Watch this. Simon Peter's pride made him think he had the choice to give up. <laughs> Quitting is often an act of pride. Because I can't control it, I'll quit it. I just said something right there. Giving up on certain things is, is often an act of pride. So, so the reality is they're cleaning up. We're almost done, church. I just needed to tell you Simon says. Uh, Simon says this. God often shows up when you're ready to clean up, put up, give up, and shut up. But that's because the scripture says that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. So when you run out of you, that's when he's ready to start. The issue your neighbor's been having is that they are so trying to be in control and trying to be so strong that God says, I can't do anything because my strength is made perfect in your weakness. So when we run out of you, that's when I'll start. Would you shake your neighbor's hand and just say, run out of you already? And that's not because God wants you weak. It's just because God wants you meek. And meek means submissive, lacking pride. So watch this. Somebody say, Simon says. Verse 3, then he got into one of the boats, which was whose? Simon's. Put that verse up, please. He got into one of the boats, which was whose? Simon's. He got into one of the boats, which was whose? Simon's. Why did they tell us whose boat it was? Because you needed to know that there was something more going on than just a boat situation. 
He was saying, Peter, Simon, I'm trying to teach you something because the only reason it got so severe later is because you wouldn't learn it earlier. There's some lessons you're dealing with in your 50s, 60s, 70s, 40s that if you learned in your teens and 20s, it wouldn't be so severe now. But wherever you're at in life, I just want to encourage you, learn the lesson now because if you learn it down here, you won't have to worry about dealing with it up here. Watch this. He got in one of the boats with his assignments, and he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and talked to multitudes from the boat. So Jesus is about to stretch Simon Peter at an inopportune. Simon, uh, inopportune time. Simon says faith in action is stretching. If you feel stretched, don't fight it. Just stretch it out. Simon Peter was used to being snub-nosed. So he was used to when it doesn't go his way, he just throws a temper tantrum and just gives up. That's what he's used to doing. You ever met people like that? Let them lose the game or think they're about to lose the game. They don't want to play. Oh, I wish I had some honest people in here tonight. Let, let it look like the game. They're getting ready to lose the game. Oh, we can do, I'm done. They don't even finish uh, 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 with, um, what's the three? No, not Monopoly. The three. X and O's. Tic-tac-toe. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't think of it. Because I'm the reigning champion in the entire Rocky Mountain region. I don't know why I couldn't think of the game I'm champion at. Um, so the moment they can see they're not going to win, I'll just... Oh, no, this is start to start over. Now, I could tell because you were going to go there, then I was going to go there, then you were going to go there. That's what Peter was used to. And God says, you didn't pay for you, so you don't get to tell me the moves I make. That's why some of you are in situations you can't do nothing about uh, except deal with it. Who am I preaching to? You got some circumstances where God says you can't do nothing except deal with it because I'm going to get rid of the Simon off of Peter. Somebody holler, Simon says. Verse 4, when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let out your nets for a catch. Do you not remember that the Bible just said that they were cleaning their nets because they didn't catch anything? Which means they were tired and disappointed. I'm talking to somebody where in your thoughts, here's what you've been saying, I'm just tired. And the truth be told is you don't even know what you're tired of. You just, I'm talking to somebody, I'm just tired. I'm just tired of dealing with this and tired of dealing with that and you can't even pinpoint what you're tired of you're just saying that you're tired well that means you still got some Simon on you but tonight I, I need you to just shake a neighbor's like you're going to shake their arm off and say but tonight something's going to happen for you Simon says this when you're not ready Jesus is Peter was probably expecting more disappointment, but notice Jesus said, launch into the deep part of the lake. You know what deep means in Greek? It's the word bathos, which means take a bath in it. Is it possible that Simon never really went far enough before, never gave it his all, never really saw it through, never really finished what he started, never really sold out all the way, never really trusted Jesus with everything? Is it possible that Simon Peter's pride was so pervasive that he convinced himself he was doing something he wasn't? I'm giving it my all. I just don't know why it's not working, Bishop.
I'm giving him my all. And, it's not worth. and Jesus is like, really? That's your all? You're really giving it your all? Or are you just uncomfortable because you're stretching? And your snub nose has convinced you that you're not stretching. I'm just, I'm doing everything I can, except tithe, except serve, except come to church. I'm not doing that. But I'm doing everything else I can. I ain't forgave nobody. I walk around with bitterness. I'm mad. I cuss everybody out. But I'm doing the best I can, Bishop. Don't you understand, Lord? And he's like, I understand. Put the net out. I'm tired. You ain't done nothing to be tired. What have you accomplished to deserve to be tired? What have you built to deserve to be tired? So he says, launch your note out into the deep, your net into the deep. Take a bath in it. Here's the thing about taking a bath. Because most, most people shower days. Now, I know most ladies, you know, will have their little once a week. <laughs> Look how they start coming up like preachmen, like, like I'm quoting scripture. And so they'll run all the hot water out the house. <laughs> and, <get laughs> and they'll get it all the way up. And then they got bubble bath. And don't let them have not picked up some bubble bath at the stove. That won't stop them. Come here, Paul Mollett. Bubbly up, bubbly up, bubbly up. <laughs> They'll put the water all the way up here, and the temperature of the water is hell. <laughs> then get in that hot water and say, it's hot! Here's the deal. When you take a bath, when you take a bath, when you take a bath, um, it's not like a shower. Shower's typically quicker. Bath's typically longer. It takes a lot of time to run a bath. When you get in the bath, you typically want to enjoy the bath. You want to relax, so you lay your head back on the rest. You close your eyes. You put your arms on the side. Then the phone rings. <laughs> Here's the point. It takes more effort to take a bath than it does to take a shower. Why did Jesus say, bath us in this? He said, because Peter, you never give things enough time because of your pride. And your pride makes you pre-diagnose what you can't control. It, it, it got real quiet again. Verse 5. Uh, verse 5. Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, watch this. Uh, actually, let's finish verse 4. Let's he said, Master, we've told... Uh, uh, or go to 5, thank you. He said, Simon answered and said to him, Who answered? Simon. Who answered? Pride. Snub nose. Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, there it is. Nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to let down the net. He said, because you said so. And tonight, I'm going to tell you, God isn't asking. He's telling you. And he's saying, let down your net. You're going to have to stretch. You're going to have to grow. He's not asking you. He's telling you. Somebody say, at his word. Now, 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 now. What's this? It says, Simon answered. Can I just, I borrowed five minutes. Can I borrow seven? Seven total. That's all. 
What question did Jesus ask for Simon to be answering him? You missed it. Verse 4. You you, you missed it. When he had stopped speaking, he asked Simon? No. He what? Said to Simon. Do what? Verse 5. But Simon, what question did Jesus ask? Such that Simon thinks he's got to give an answer. Perhaps embedded in the statement was an unspoken question. Simon says God asks questions with statements. So in saying let down the net, he's really saying, will you do it? In saying be faithful, he's really saying, will you be better than your bloodline? And and saying be a gladiator, what he's really saying is, will you fight even when you're five miles past empty? In saying be an evolutionary, he's saying, do you have the courage to stop being a caterpillar and start being a butterfly? in, In his statement, there is a question. Will you do it if you don't think it'll work? Will you do it even though you're tired? Will you try it one more time? Verse 6, and I got to get out of here. And when they have done this, they caught a great number of fish that their net was breaking. They've been there all night, nothing worked. Jesus said, put it over there. Take a bath in it. Because the real issue, Simon Peter, is I'm trying to teach you a lesson now that if you don't learn this now, In Luke 22, we're going to be back to this lesson. I'm trying to tell somebody tonight, if you don't get the lesson of the place you're at in life now, this time next year, you're going to be in that same mess. But I think there's some people in here that say, I refuse to repeat the same lessons, the same drama. Somebody holler, I refuse. Watch this. That word done. And when they had done this, that means acted, committed, gave, agreed without any delay. Without any delay. Now, 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 I don't have time, but, but without any delay. Look at me. I, there's one thing I really don't like. There's several things, but there's one that stands out. I don't like when people take too long to do stuff that shouldn't take too long. You know. I was having lunch today, and uh, bless their hearts. Actually, no, they should, no, don't bless their hearts. Uh, I, <laughs> I was having lunch today, and no, uh-uh, they should be on time. And so, and so, I was having lunch today, and, and so, and so, and so, and so, I just was, I said, what, did y'all go kill the cow? Like, this better be the freshest beef ever. Like, I better see it mooing, <laughs> you know, <laughs> or something. It's still going to because I was like, I don't understand how, why it's taking so long. What is the problem? And then there was this issue. This issue. I said, what is the problem? What the problem is? I don't understand the problem. Um, it was taking too much delay. And the delay frustrated me so that the reward I would have given, I had now been frustrated to saying, well, thank God for you. In case you're wondering, I was kind, so don't. In case you're wondering, yes. Here's the deal. God says, look at me, Wednesday. God says, you take too long to follow instructions. Because here's what you say, I'm processing it. I'm just, I'm taking it all in. What, what, what do you have to take in? 
Move the cup. No, no, I did that on purpose. Y'all like, oh my God. I did it on purpose. Now I moved it. Now there's a mess. Somebody said there's a mess. Okay. But I was only responsible for moving it. It's not my job to worry about what happens after I obey. It's only my job to obey. So, listen, what happens if I forgive them and they don't do... It's not your job to worry about what they do after you forgive them. It is only your job to forgive. And if there's a mess after that, you wait until the next set of instructions. Somebody say, no more delay, no more delay. Now, check this out. Check this out. I borrowed seven minutes. I'm out of it. Even with Jesus there Wednesday night live, they still had to do something. Why didn't Jesus just make fish jump into the boat? Just think about it. Come fish. Fish would have. Probably wanted some salmon. Come salmon. Nice big thick. Natural stuff, none of that farm-raised stuff. Good natural stuff. Because, because here's the deal. Faith isn't a feeling. It's an action even when you don't feel it. When you do what you can do, he'll do what you can't do. So verse 7, verse 8, verse 9, it goes on to say that it was so many fish, he had to call his friends over, and they all had to come together, and they had to, to do this. Somebody says, Simon says, uh, don't be scared of success. Success of what? The process of evolution is going to cause you to succeed at a greater level of life. What happens if you read the next verse, I'm out of time, if you read the next verses, you'll see what began to happen in their life. And what's significant about it is that it was really designed to make Simon deal with his snub-nosed attitude. It was designed to make Simon deal with some stuff he'd been ignoring about himself. And when he really looked at it, when he really looked at it, Jesus says, do it. And then he gets his friends. They got to bring their boats. It's so many fish. Somebody say so many fish. It's so many fish, church, that uh, it, it's, in, it's incredible how Simon responds. He responds and says, Lord, depart from me because I'm a sinful man. What? That's verse 8. That's verse 8. He says, he says Lord, I'm a sinful man. What? Now, he just caught all these fish. He'd been trying, watch this, he'd been trying to accomplish it his way all night. He'd been trying to do it his way all night. Jesus gives him some instructions. When Jesus gives him instructions, he follows those instructions. And rather than saying, Lord, forgive me, you know what he says? Lord, leave me. Why is this good happening to me? Because his pride now had convinced him of thinking, I don't even deserve anything good to happen. I deserve a mess right now. But here's your shout, Q, in case you don't know it. But what I love about Jesus is that even when we deserve a mess, even when we deserve disaster, grace steps on the scene. Mercy, I think I got a few witnesses in here. And mercy steps on the sea. And grace gives you something good you don't deserve. And mercy blocks something negative that you do deserve. So, so check it out. Somebody say Simon says. He didn't get it. 
So the only reason we see his scandal get so bad later is because he didn't handle it on the boat. The only reason certain things are so bad in your marriage now are because you would not handle it when you dated. For some of you, the only reason you're dealing with such emotional turmoil now it's because you wouldn't handle it last year. But tonight I came to speak something into your life. That you've got a grace to handle your scandal. And a grace to own your oops. Because Simon says this challenge is going to change everything for you. Somebody say this challenge changes everything for me. Give him a praise if you believe that in here tonight. Say Simon says. He didn't learn it on the boat. So it gets worse later on. Lift your hands. I declare every lesson you need to learn in life that you learn it now so that you would not repeat it later. It is not that you stop learning, but I declare there's a grace upon you to extract from your challenge every piece of information, every lesson, everything you need to do to drop Simon so that Peter can remain. Simon says, don't be like him. Simon says, don't take too long to learn this lesson. Simon says, wake up, stay woke, and pay attention to what's going on around you. Simon says, if God be for you, who can be against you? Simon says that this challenge is changing everything in your life. I declare there's a grace upon you. I declare there's a favor upon you. From this night forward, we already declare tomorrow's going to be the best day of your life. Now, you ought to just take 60 seconds and rejoice. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like hiking Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania or enjoying the views while cruising on a catamaran in the Caribbean. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. With over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10, that's V-I-A-T-O-R-10, for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app? Over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.